Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello and welcome to episode 263 of Sexology Podcast. I hope you guys had a wonderful holiday. I took two weeks off and I just got back from a family vacation. We went to Dubai and Paris and it was amazing. As many of you guys can relate, it's hard to carve out some quality time with your family when you're working. And this was definitely a very special trip for me. I got back yesterday and I'm recording this intro at 3.30 a.m. because of jet lag, but I'm super excited. If you are working on your sexual health as part of your New Year's resolution, you are in the right place. I have tons of great free content coming your way. As a starter, make sure you are downloading my brand new Sizzlet foreplay checklist. As many of you know, I have the list of 101 ways to spice up your sex life, but I heard from many people that the list felt overwhelming. Not many of them were relevant to everyday couples. So what I did is I combed through the content and also added some new things that I've been learning from my friends and sex educators and my, from my personal life, if I'm honest with you. And I chose nine of the best skills that you can apply tonight at the bedroom to spice up the foreplay. So make sure you are heading to our show notes and you're downloading your free checklist right now. This is also the first episode in our sexual skills series. Today, we will talk about how to eat pussy like a champ. As I shared with you in previous episodes, sex to me is definitely more than what happens in between the sheets. So it's necessarily not about body friction, but my view of the importance of the skills evolve a lot. As you know, I work with lots of different couples and after working with lots of couples, I learned from people that it's really important to have good skills as well. Many of us, we haven't received the proper sex education and it creates some frustration for us, anxiety in the bedroom. So I decided to go through all the list of the sexual skills that I know exist and invite some of the best sex educators, researchers, performers to come teach us their best tips and tricks on how to be a great lover. So if you are ready to up-level your sexual skills, make sure you are following and or subscribing to our show because we are focusing on skills in the next three months. Here, what we're going to cover today, we're going to talk about do's and don'ts of how to eat pussy. We're going to talk about the rhythm. We're going to talk about what you can do as a receiver to feel comfortable. We're going to talk about techniques because techniques are important. And we're going to talk about if penetration is one of the things you want to incorporate in your sexual play, when is the right time to move into penetration? Our guest today is Dr. Allison Ash. Dr. Allison Ash is a trauma-informed sex and intimacy coach and educators. She's a Stanford University lecturer. She's an author and the founder of TurnOn.Love. 
As a sociologist with a PhD from Stanford, she has comprehensive understanding of the complex societal challenges that often lead to unsatisfying and disempowering sexual experiences. She designs workshops, courses, and retreats, and offers individuals and couples coaching to give others the tool to discover their desire and confidently pursue them. Dr. Ash invites you to turn on pleasure, intimacy, and love at www.turnon.love. Before we go into our episode today, I would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth is a luxury bamboo bedding and slanderer. I got both their sheets and I love the sheets so much that I ended up purchasing their PJs and I love them. I'm going to talk about it at the end. They're super soft and comfortable. If you are interested to get their product, make sure you are using our promo code SEXOLOGY to get 40% off. The link is CozyEarth.com forward slash discount forward slash SEXOLOGY. You can find the link in the show notes. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Allison Ash. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited to welcome back Dr. Allison Ash on our show. Dr. Allison, welcome to our show. Thanks so much for having me back. I am so excited about having you back because I know this is, these are the, like the thing we're talking about, you have whole courses about that, you teach your clients about it. So I'm very excited to talk about your expertise on this episode. I know that we, we had you for flirting and people love it. And yes, so this, I hope, I hope that our conversation will help many people. So today we're going to talk about cunnilingus. So cunnilingus is like eating pussy. Like I, I want people to know like what we're talking about because I, I personally often gets like, what is that? What does that mean? So that's what we're talking about. So what are some of the do's and don'ts when you kind of like, I want to teach people the skills that you, you want them to know? Yeah. I think that when it comes to cunnilingus or pussy eating, as I also like to refer to it, I think there are two really powerful do's that can affect the experience for both receivers and givers alike. And I think the first is communication. I think in our society, we expect people to just know how to be good lovers in the bedroom. And we also have this really limiting belief that all bodies are the same, that if you know how to please one pussy, you know how to please all pussies. And that's just not the the truth. And so if we can learn how to communicate both verbally and non-verbally before, during, and after sex, it really helps us learn what each body is wanting in each moment. Because also, even though my pussy is different from every other pussy, also what my pussy wants today is not necessarily the same thing that it's going to want tomorrow or next week or next month. And so getting to stay in conversation with my lovers around what I want or what they want really helps to keep the experience feeling alive, vibrant, connected, embodied, attuned. And it helps me when I'm receiving, not get into a place of enduring something that I'm not enjoying, which I think is just one of the biggest don'ts to oral sex is enduring something that isn't feeling quite right or being too passive and not knowing how to take more of an active role in naming what you're wanting or asking for those redirections or calibrations that would make it feel a lot better. And so I think 
Overall, what's so helpful is when both the giver and the receiver can maintain an explorative mindset where we're just discovering what feels good and every no helps us discover yeses and where givers can be grateful for feedback and receivers can feel celebrated. Love that. So powerful. And I think it's wonderful to know that if, if something is not working in this particular dynamic, there's nothing wrong with you or you're not effective or like your skill is not horrible. It's like a dance. You're fine tuning your rhythm with your partner. No, I, I know many women, they actually enjoy oral sex better than penetration. Like that's that their jams, wonderful. And they have reservation about it because they feel, okay, oh God, what do I smell like that there? And like, they, kind of like we all heard all of this horrible messaging around smell. So how can people work through that? Yeah, great question. And I think that it's not just smell, of course, that receivers can be concerned about. They can be conserved around, concerned around how they look or what they taste like or um, how their body responds or doesn't respond. And I think the reality is for straight pussy owners out there who haven't seen a lot of other pussies, we don't know the beautiful diversity in which pussies can come in. And I think that once we can move away from this very normative message we've been sold in society around how vulvas are supposed to look and how they're supposed to taste and smell, then it really can help us embrace our own natural body. And I think part of it can be noticing your partner's enjoyment and pleasure or asking for some reassurance or for some affirmations around what they enjoy around your pussy. And when I'm teaching about cunnilingus, I'm always telling givers, affirm the pussy, tell them what you like and be genuine, be authentic, but definitely affirm it. And use sensory-based language. What do you think is beautiful visually, tactfully, tactfully, orally, all the ways, right? What is beautiful about this experience and how can you share that? And then, of course, I think that if you are really concerned about your smell, you can shower first. Don't use perfumes, but you might try a pH balancing wash or something externally only. And if you do have a persistent smell, it could be a bacterial infection or something like that. So go to your gynecologist and get a, get a doctor's opinion. Well, I love that you are kind of like offering this information that our bodies are different. Even our smell of our body is different. Like, you know, I, I, if you had different lovers, if they came out of shower, their body, their actual skin smelled very different. And so that's like, that's consistent with all parts of our body. And I think it's important to know that it's having some, some smell is unique to you and there's nothing wrong with that and being comfortable with that because they have clients that they douche and they do all sorts of things that actually disrupt their pH and that that causes an issue. And you know, what's interesting is that I, in, in the heterosexual clients that I see in my office, oftentimes I have the male clients saying that I love it. I want to do this mm -hmm. such a turn on for me. And the partner is like stuck in this believe that oh my god this is uncomfortable I don't want them to be down there so I think having awareness about it is important and I love that you're talking about affirming like I think like partners although we are responsible for our emotions but can put their partner at ease when they're saying they're enjoying it when they're genuinely expressing interest that's right and I think the reality is just like how you said 
every person has different smells, but also different preferences. Mm -hmm. And it really only takes one lover to have shamed you for something around your body, for that to become an earworm that just can be hard to let go, even with other lovers down the line. And I think that those little earworms, as I call them, can become sources of shame. And what's so powerful about receiving affirmations like this is that level of acceptance and appreciation and, and belonging, that's the antidote to shame. And that can be such a hero moment for a giver to get to not just give immense pleasure, but also a missing experience for the, the receiver that can be so profound for their own relationship with their body. Beautiful. Yes. Yes to all of it. <laughs> And, you know, you're talking about like it takes only one person. It's so true that someone I work with in the past that she had one negative comment that she got in middle school from a boy that they were fooling around. And, you know, the middle school boys, like they don't like, like they don't necessarily know how what to say and what not to say about the shape of their pussy. And that really scarred the person, like even after surgeries, after doing things, it's hard for them to be comfortable with their body. And that's very unfortunate. Yeah. So let's talk about, okay, if we are kind of like work through our discomfort around smell and, and kind of shape, shape of our vulva and all of that, and we're ready to receive, what are some of the things that you recommend for a receiver first to feel comfortable with the whole experience? Well, I think one of the most important things is to turn on the brain because what happens physiologically when someone with a pussy is turned on is their blood starts to flow to that area internally. And all of that blood flow starts to create pressure on the internal clitoris. So the clitoris is actually on average about two inches long. Only a very small amount of that extends outside of the body. Most of that is internal wrapping around the vaginal canal so that when you're being penetrated, you're actually stimulating the internal clitoris. And when somebody's really turned on blood flows to that area of the pussy and it it pulses it a little bit and if you've ever had that aching I call it female blue balls it's like that throbbing aching oh I just need to be fucked feeling that is that blood flow really turning on and stimulating your internal clitoris and in addition to that we get wet because blood plasma seeps through the vaginal walls and lubricates our, 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 our vaginas. And so that's what makes penetration, whether it's with a finger or a toy or a penis, so much more pleasurable. And so I think when most people think about pussy eating, they think about mouth on pussy. And I really want to help people realize that it starts with dirty talk or affirmations, whatever gets you off, even your lover off caressing, teasing, kissing, massaging, and particularly after you've turned on the entire body and you start focusing on the vulva, really massaging the areas around the vulva first. So the butt, the thigh, the lips, because what you're wanting to do is also increase more blood flow to the area and massage. Any good massage therapist will tell you increases blood flow to the area. And so that, those are some wonderful techniques beyond the normal foreplay things that we might consider that can be really helpful for preparing somebody for the experience of oral sex. Beautiful. 
I love the idea of kind of like massaging different parts before moving into clit and kind of like a, a labia and all of those areas before, because like well, sometimes people think, okay, that that's what I'm focusing on. They, they start from there, but it's definitely important, as you said, to help with the blood flow. You know, one of the techniques that at time I hear people talk about is like writing alphabet with your tongue. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny that like one of the couple that was referred to me by their therapist they said like you know the therapist was another specialty and she was talking about okay I was talking to her about I want oral sex and what to do and the therapist like maybe you, he can write write alphabet with his tongue <laughs> <laughs> and that was interesting and I mm-hmm. I haven't been with a woman so I was like I was trying to kind of find resources for the couple I was asking my husband like honey where, where do you get the resources <laughs> <laughs> and he's such a cute like you know I learned from porn <laughs> and that's not a good resource right like right. Not, I feel like nothing in porn is realistic it's like if you want to learn about marriage like looking at a rom-com that's that's not true so tell us about that technique is that is that a kind of myth is that true you know it's definitely a classic and I have to say I don't think it's going to be a home run and this is why If you're focusing on writing the alphabet, then you are focusing on writing an alphabet. That's your primary focal of attention. Rather than how you're enjoying it or how they're enjoying it. And I think that what makes somebody so good at cunnilingus is the ability to attune. So to be able to notice how the receiver is responding and adjust and calibrate accordingly, which really requires a lot of presence. Oftentimes, I think a lot of embodiment. So you're not in your head, you're actually just in your body noticing, being intuitive, all of those components. And then in addition to attunement, I think the other characteristic is really loving it. As a receiver, if I know that the giver is loving giving, then I can stop worrying about them or really how I look or taste or smell. And I can just receive and focus on the sensation and pleasure and the experience that I'm having in my own body. And so if you're focusing on the alphabet, then you might not be able to actually be doing what you're finding enjoyable and calibrating from there. So since now we don't do alphabet, <laughs> I like that you're saying that's not the best strategy because sometimes, you know, having some, some strategy in mind can be helpful, but definitely that's not going to be help you to be the best lover you want to be. So tell us about tongue motion and what, how do we know what, what motion we have to use? In uh, I teach a workshop called how to eat pussy like a champ. And in this workshop, we've come up with some fun names for some of the tongue movements, because I think it can help them be more memorable. So one of the tongue movements is called the kitty milk lap. And imagine that your your tongue is just wide and flat, and you're doing slow, long licks. And you can be doing that just on the clitoris, or you can be doing that from the entrance to the vaginal canal all the way up to the clitoris or along the inside of the lips, right? This tongue movement can be used just about anywhere. And, and what I like about this one is it's a really great starter move. It's gentle. I would definitely say starting with a very gentle soft lick and then attuning from there, unless you know this receiver very well and you know they like it very intensely, then by all means go for it. 
And then also a flatter tongue is going to be more gentle than a pointy tongue. And so I recommend starting with a flatter tongue and then seeing if they want something more intense. And then again, of course, if you know, a tune from there. And in addition to the kitty milk lap, there is the cyclone, which actually probably would resemble the alphabet the most because the cyclone is just trying to move your tongue in a circular motion. And I think really the alphabet just ends up kind of feeling like a frenetic mix of circles. <laughs> and you could do that along the clit or the entrance to the vaginal canal, or, or you could do it all around the whole pussy. There's just a lot of areas where that could be quite wonderful. The fuzzy blanket is this movement where you can essentially gently suck on the clit. And I even hesitate to use the word suck because I don't want anybody to think of that motion of how you would suck a thumb, which is really intense. But it's more gently making your tongue a little curved and letting the clitoris rest on the inside of your tongue. So your tongue is now a fuzzy blanket for this clit to just kind of rest in. And then either they can kind of grind on your face a little bit, and then you can just not even do any sucking. Or you can gently just kind of suck a little bit with your tongue on the clit and that can create a lot of pleasurable symptoms. Well, awesome. So these are fantastic tips because I feel at times people say like, pay attention to the movement of your partner, which is wonderful. I feel that's a little bit of advanced move. <laughs> we mm-hmm. go start from somewhere and I love kind of like, as a, I'm always a very good student. <laughs> If I know that well, there are some kind of like guidelines, then it helps you to get creative. And with the suction piece, that's very interesting. Now it makes sense that how different sex toys feel different. And mm-hmm. the ones that have suction kind of like feature it is very powerful because it seems like I would imagine that mo- uh, kind of models after what you're talking about. That's right. That's right. At what point will you recommend people move to penetrating with their finger or toy? You know, I see people quickly transitioning to that and when when the lover is not ready. So when would we know would be a good time? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that this is one of the reasons why communication is so vital because maybe the receiver doesn't want penetration at all at any point. Sometimes I want it, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I might want it more early on and sometimes I might need a lot of warm up before I'm ready for penetration. And certainly where I'm at in my cycle is going to affect that. How long it's been since I've had sex or penetration is going to impact that. And so communication is key. I think that there are some physiological factors that you could be looking out for. So is the pussy really wet, both from your own saliva and also hopefully from the receiver's self-lubrication, or maybe you're including lubrication as well, which is totally wonderful. And that there's kind of this sense of a desire for more that might be received as like an antsy energy or an escalation that you're wanting to keep escalating. And so I think that that you're kind of sensing for, is there an increase in momentum here that would be helpful? And so you could always ask, you could always bring your finger close to the entrance of the vaginal canal and see how she responds. Does she move towards it? Does she move away from it? Does she make mention around it? As a receiver, if I'm wanting to be penetrated and I don't want to ask verbally, oftentimes what I'll do is I'll reach down and kind of touch or tap their hand or maybe grab their hand and guide it towards my pussy. So that's also something that receivers can do to ask for this. 
But I think generally, there is no one size fits all rule. And so that's why communicating is so helpful. And if communicating verbally during feels uncomfortable or feels hard or takes you out of the mood, then talking before and after and coming up with some very clear nonverbal signs like grabbing the hand or like bringing your hand to the vaginal opening and tapping and waiting for a response, whatever you agree upon as your ways of checking in in the moment can feel both really helpful and really intimate. Beautiful. And again, we all want to make our, most people, hopefully, <laughs> their lover to feel good and excited. And it, it's just a matter of like giving people the information they would need, like both of you would need in order to move forward. When it comes to positions, there are different ways that this can be done. What are some of the positions that you often find that is useful for people? I think with the receiver on their back tends to be a classic for a reason. It's so relaxing and comfortable and you can bend your knees for lower back support. You can let your legs be flat. There's variations there, but I find that for a lot of women or a lot of receivers, this can be the way in which they can orgasm most easily. I think that there are other positions that can be really fun if you want to mix it up. Certainly face riding. So where you're straddling their face can be very kinky and dominating and empowering. You could do that facing their head or facing their feet. You could be on all fours or and have them give it to you from behind which can be very erotic and vulnerable and also great if you want to include some sort of anal penetration in the cunnilingus. And then as far as 69 goes, mutual oral sex, I think that laying on your side is actually a much more ergonomic and sustainable way to do 69. And so you could do on your side with or without 69, but certainly I think that that's one of the best uses of being on the side. I have lots of respect for people can do 69 effectively. I feel it's very easy to get distracted with your own pleasure. Yes, (laughs) or get distracted in giving and lose sight of your own pleasure. Right, right. So I feel like one at a time might be a more (laughs) fair way of doing it. You know, a lot of people feel that way. And I think that 69 can be one of those positions that's glorified in porn in the media. And I know for some lovers, they really love that experience, particularly if the act of giving is so erotic for them, then it can actually feed their own turn on receiving. Absolutely. And kind of writing someone's face. I feel like that's something that many, many people like. I hear that a lot from the couples I work with in my practice. And I always hear it from the, like when it's a heterosexual couple, the, from the female partner, like they say like, oh God, what if I'm suffocating them? <laughs> if that is the issue. Yes, yes. And, you know, my partner and I've worked out a tapping signal because he really enjoys that sensation. And for me, that's a little nerve wracking. And so I want to be always knowing that we're, I'm not going to be suffocating him. And so, you know, but I think that that's one method where you're kind of really sitting on the face, but you could also do it in a more teasing fashion where you're maybe holding your pussy just out of reach and they're really struggling with their tongue to reach up and to reach you. And that's a whole different kind of way of of face fucking. Fun. I think that's why people invite people to check out your content. I know you have a class that you teach lots of good skills, like similar to school we're talking about. It's kind of it's more practical thing that people can apply. So tell us more about that. 
Yes, I teach a workshop called How to Eat Pussy Like a Champ. And I'm having a live virtual offering of it on December 7th, but I also have a recorded version of it available for folks. And I go through comprehensive anatomy and the science of orgasm and how to have multiple orgasms and so many techniques for communication and mixing it up and just creating really powerful experiences for givers and receivers alike. So I think oftentimes receivers may not know what to ask for. What are the menu of options? How do I become more active? as a receiver. So that information can be found there. I teach a lot of other workshops as well. And you can find out all of those on my website at turnon.love. And one other offering I'd like to share with you all is a two-month course that I'm teaching that I also offer at Stanford University called Sexual and Emotional Intimacy Skills. And this is a wonderful foundational course that goes over, I think, so many of the important skills and perspectives that we need to be able to cultivate and sustain healthy emotional and sexual intimacy. And then, of course, I work with individuals and couples in my coaching practice. And so if you want individualized attention and support, please feel free to reach out to me for a consultation. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for being so generous with the information and resource. And we're excited to have you back soon. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a joy speaking with you. And I always I always learn something from being here and, and chatting. Thanks so much. Thank you. I hope you guys found our conversation useful. If you are interested to learn more about Allison's work, she is, in fact, having a two-month experiential course that's launching soon. It's called Sexual and Emotional Intimacy Skills, a two-month experiential course. It starts on January 11th. You can head on turnon.law forward slash intimacy skills. The link for that will be in the show notes. At the end, I also want to thank Cozy Earth for sponsoring this episode. As I shared with you guys that they sent us their sheets and we fell in love. One of the things I love is just to share my bed with my lover. I'm not one of those people that they want their partner to leave. But one of my pet peeves is when I'm sleeping with someone and the bed gets super hot. I'm sure many of you guys can relate. I like my bedding cool and comfortable. And it's a challenge. I tried a number of different luxury bedding and it just doesn't, the temperature is not quite right. <laughs> But with Cozy Earth, it was the first time I felt that the sheets remain cool and because their sheet is temperature regulated. So if you are interested to get your own sheet, make sure you are using our code Sexology to get 40% off and you can find the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.